Welcome back to Life in All Chapters. My name is Amanda Henson. And I'm Brandy Tabor. Uh, today we're going to talk about work-life balance. Yes. Um, I'm excited about it. I feel like work-life balance is a unicorn that it's hard to capture. Agreed. I'm not going to lie. I actually do a pretty good job with this. I envy you about work-life balance for you. It, I'm jealous of your skill set here. Well, I mean, I, I came about it in a hard way. <laughs> That's true. You know, just like, I mean, like everybody else, anybody else that has achieved that, it, it is, it is because you work hard at it. And it's not, it's like treating mental health. It's not, you don't ever get there and stay there. You're, you get there and you, you relapse and you come back. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a rough deal. I think people underestimate how important it is. Your career is important. Right. And you dedicate how much time to your career? And how much time do you dedicate to your personal life? Not enough. No, and you're right. And I think that is a society, multifactorial, obviously, but society trains us yes. as children. What do you want to be when you grow up? Do we ever ask our kids, what do you want to enjoy when you grow up? What type of hobbies are you going to have when you grow up? Exactly. What things would you like to try? What is your bucket list? We should be taught at a young age to create our bucket list and start doing it. Yes. and Not life, wait till you're retired to do it. Life is meant to be enjoyed. I'm not saying you don't have to work. Work is very, very important. What you do for a living is a very serious decision. Now, it's not the most important. The most important decision would be what you do for a living that allows you to have a balance in a life that you enjoy and to be around people that you enjoy being around. This is an American thing too, because several friends that I have from other countries, when you meet someone, they ask you, tell me about yourself. We ask, what do you do for a living? Because we put such a strong weight and priority on our careers that we get sucked up in that and we forget who we are on a personal level yeah we do and it's not okay it's not okay to do that and i think that's true in every industry no and oh i do too it doesn't yeah. matter and i think it's important to be a good employee and have pride in what you do yes 100 percent. and you should be giving your all to your job while you're there you should care about what you do you should care about where you work i don't want to work somewhere if i can't proudly proclaim where i work Right. I don't want to have to mumble under my breath where I work when someone asks me because it it is important. But the thing I think a lot of employers right now are not understanding, and that's why they can't hire anybody, is work-life balance is very important to people now more than it ever has been. There's a huge shift in personal values I in think the last few years. People have realized that they have this whole life that they've neglected They have people they've neglected. You are preaching to me right now. Yes. And, and all of a sudden you, you realize how important these things are to you. And -and so-and-so telling you that you have to come in and work night shift all week and, you know, 10 hours overtime. And I have no interest in it. I'm sorry. It's not that I don't care about you or the industry or whatever it is, but the people in my life that I love are home 
these hours, and these are the hours that I would like to be home with them, within reason. I agree. If I occasionally have to work an evening or a weekend, that's okay. But you get to ask me that. You don't get to tell me that. Well, I think defining what work is, too, is important. Because when I go and I'm flowing through my clinic and I'm seeing patients, that does not feel like work to me. No. That feels like my purpose. That feels like, now, don't get me wrong, occasionally, I it feels like work. But even doing wound care or, you know, um, lancing or whatever you have to do throughout the day task-wise, most of that doesn't feel like work. No, because you enjoy what you do. But I think stuff that I don't enjoy that is work to me. Yes, but I think the reason that you don't have a good work-life balance all the time is because you enjoy your work. I also define things of, uh, that as work that are not work. So um, one of our friends had commented on Facebook about the podcast and couldn't believe you talked me into it. Well, that's because to me, it sounded like work. Um, getting out of my comfort zone. You know, so work is not just about where your employment work is. So defining what work is to you and taking that weight that you put on the word work to begin with and saying, okay, that's, that's not a bad thing. Work is not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad, it's a good thing. But you want to be valued that's why for we that work. Balance. Because even if you enjoy what you do, if you do it too much, you know what? I love macaroni and cheese, but I don't want to eat it three times a day. Right. You know, and if you do, you start to not like macaroni and cheese. Don't do that. So finding balance is important. It is. I mean, even I enjoy mowing the lawn. I don't want to mow 52 lawns. You know, you have to find that balance. And, and I don't think that people do. They, and I am guilty of this, too. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. I've gotten better over the years, but I will work, work, work. If, if you need me to work, call me, and I will mm-hmm. most likely be there because... You know, who else is going to do it if who, you don't? Yeah, and also I'm passionate about paying the electric bill. <laughs> passionate. <laughs> and there are times that you can't turn down work. But what I will say is that I've learned, I would say over the last five years, I've learned to put some money aside, to put some time aside, and do things for me. Mm-hmm. To recenter myself, to reground myself. And I have to remind myself why I work. Because, yes, some parts of... I haven't. I just got a new job. I haven't started yet, so I don't know what parts I'm going to love and what parts I'm going to hate yet. But some parts I will love and some parts I will feel like are work. Mm-hmm. I have to balance those out. You're going to have to balance those out because your life has changed. Your work situation has changed. You're going to have to learn how to balance that out. And I feel like you have a lot less... This is the least amount of work I've had in over 25 years. Yes. And I was afraid to say that because you are still working very hard. It's not that. It's just that you have got a big portion of your... I no longer am consumed on Saturdays for 10, 12 hours a day. Exactly. Trying to catch everything up or prepare for the following week. And that is brand new to me, which has allowed me a lot of time for my personal journey and spiritual, emotional well-being balance, you know. So I think I'm in the process of this huge work-life balance shift. And I have to say the last two years, possibly longer, but I've been more conscious of it the last two years that my values did shift. And I no longer value 
my career over my family time. Not that I ever valued my career over my family, because to me, performing the way I performed was, was for supporting your family. Exactly. But now I realize that I lost so much time with them. Yes. And, you know, when your husband goes on vacations without you because you can't take off work or you took off work and you get to that point and there's too much work to even consider. So you're either taking it with you or he's going without me. And he's not enjoying his vacation as much as he would have if you were right. have been with him. So there's a problem. And before anybody says, why would your husband go on vacation with you? It was... Little trips we're talking about. We're not talking about a big, huge vacation. But we're talking about little trips, little mini vacations, because you should not wait to have a vacation once a year. You should go on little mini trips, in my mind. And Oh, don't I'm, get me started on that. I miss so many of those because I can't go. I have to catch this up. And there were a couple times where I encouraged him to go without me. So you could catch so up. So that I could catch up. And... Meanwhile, I'm sitting here and I'm getting work done, but I'm missing my husband. I'm missing time with the, the kids. kids. I'm missing time to play fetch with my dogs, things like that. And the pandemic totally shifted me. I think I went into shock, fear, monitoring everything, trying to figure out what I'm doing about this job and this company and you know how I'm going to protect my staff, how I'm going to protect those patients, how I'm going to protect my family from outside matters and all kinds of stuff. And when it came down to it, when I got out of that shock mode, family was my priority. And I fought it probably up until the last year and a half to, you know. Well, because it's so important to take care of your family. Yeah. And you've always felt that way. And the way you knew to take care of your family was to work hard and yeah. provide and make sure that, which I have that in common. My my way of taking care of my family is to work hard and make sure that they have everything they need, everything they want. And it's difficult to, to realize that you have to take a step back and take a day off and enjoy what you have with your family, whether yeah. it's material things, whether it's money to go on a trip and have an experience, mm -hmm. whether it's not having any money but taking the day off anyway because you can go sit down by the river and have a freaking picnic or whatever with people that you care about or by yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm very bad about not practicing what I preach in a lot of cases. <laughs> and I have been giving this talk to patients forever. And I know there's at least two listeners here. I'm not going to name your names, but I know you're listening. And you came in to see me and I told you this exact same thing. You have to have better work-life balance. And we're not just talking about... Going to work at your career and coming home and dealing with the work there. We're talking about identifying what work means to you. Giving that work positive energy, but balancing that with personal care time, self-care time, spiritual care time, emotional care time, psychological. Not just with your family, but also independently. You know? Yeah. Because you're so many things to so many people and you have to nurture those relationships and your obligations to those relationships, whether it's a relationship with your employer and your obligations to them or to your spouse and your obligations to them. You have to balance all that. And that is a lot. It is a lot. And it's difficult to balance. 
And I feel like it's easy for people to lash out and call you selfish if your priorities are maybe a little bit different than theirs or if you won't give them that time that they want because you are spending it with your family because it could be an obligation to a charity or it an is organization. Okay. Yeah. It is okay to volunteer and it is also okay to say that I can't do that right now. Learn to say no. You can only give what you have to give. You have to fill yourself back up. And when you were spending all of your time giving to others and not to your own house, your own family, your own your own life. Which I'm probably going to upset the apple cart a little bit with some communities here. But I'm going to tell you, I we talk about diet being the root of autoimmune disease. While I think it is a huge factor, I believe that poor balance is the major factor. Your body is in stress mode all the time. And if you learn to get this work-life balance, as well as nutritional balance, I believe that that will eliminate majority, if not all, autoimmune diseases. I think you could be on to something. I think... Uh, it definitely will control them. No, and I mean, the way we feel... Manage Our them. stresses are triggered by hormones. And different chemical systems within our bodies, and they're a symptom. If you're lashing out, that could be a symptom of something going on with you. Mm -hmm. Whether it's autoimmune or maybe it's Absolutely. a blood pressure issue, or but a lot, and even that, your your physical health can be attributed to your work-life balance or lack thereof. If you have extreme high blood pressure and you're on medication, but you work 90 hours a week and you get home and your wife's bitching at you or whatever, and so you're stressed out there, and if you don't maintain a good life balance, you're not going to get your physical health under control. It's just, it's more important than people realize it is. I agree. I would like to see a shift in our societies to valuing that more for their employees. Um, I've Let's seen see. a huge movement in it nationally. Um, there's a lot of smaller businesses leaning towards that. But until the larger corporations, which there are some that have and are trying, um, or maybe just throwing tidbits out there to make it look like they are. I'm not sure. I, I can't speak to any specific name, but if the larger corporations would back that shift in values, the world would be a healthier place, and happier place. What people don't realize is there are things that you think are a problem and they're not a problem. As And you think that as an employer, like for instance, there was a job, I've, I've been out of work for, I don't know, six weeks, something like that. There was a job I would have been interested in and I was about to apply for, but I didn't bother because part of the requirement was that you had to work every single Saturday. Right, and that's... And why? Why? I mean... What is going on every single Saturday? No, and I understand that someone may be needed in that place every single Saturday, but why does it have to be the same person every single... I mean... Right. You can't alternate that somehow? Like, you don't think that... You would have to find somebody that doesn't care to be away from their family every Saturday. Or maybe their spouse works every Saturday. Or what, whatever the case may be, you've really narrowed down your pool of applicants. Right. And, and your pool of skill sets. Exactly. And 
I just don't understand why people wouldn't take into consideration someone's work-life balance. I mean, I don't want to work every weekend anywhere. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't, I'm not above working a weekend. It's not like that. I don't mind working every other weekend. But why should I have to do, that's, to, I just, it just baffles there's, me. There's also this attitude that you get that, um, I have always encouraged people to take ownership of where they work. Yes. That that is a voluntary voluntary mentality though, it cannot be forced by the company. That needs to be the buy into loyalty. You're bringing in. We're herd creatures. Yes. And if you've ever watched a horse trainer, and they get their horse running, they you know get them running, and then they stop and turn their back to them and get them to buy in to, I'm with you. I'm not going to hurt you, but I'm going to lead you. And the horse walks up to him. You've seen those videos, yes. right? Phenomenal. It's beautiful. Such yes. a great connection. That's what leadership is. Exactly. Motivate, encourage, give the environment to thrive and get there, but also provide that support. And I think that leadership has not quite jumped into the alignment of family values yet. And if you take care of your employees, if you take care of them, if you meet their needs in your workplace... Not only are they going to meet your needs as an employee, but they are going to take ownership of that company. That company is then going to be just as important to them as if it were their very own. Right. People that are valued value you and value your your baby, if you will. Whether it's a company, whether it's actually your child. Right. You know, that's if you take care of them, they will take care of you. That's just... Which is one of the reasons why I have stayed at the enterprise that I stay at. Because I feel like, now have those values shifted over time? Yes. And as my values shift, are they aligning the way they used to? No. Probably not. But that's learning and growing. Yes. And sometimes relationships need to have these little hiccups so that both parties can jump and proceed forward in a more positive way in their relationship. So I feel like we're, I'm at that turning point with my career in general. Yeah. But I'm very loyal to the company I work for because traditionally they have always provided me with what I felt I needed for work-life balance at that time. Family, if something is happening that's critical, they have always supported me. You know, um, through my ex having a TBI and being there through that from... TJ being ill and being there, letting me do that, um, having to take off to go here or there to help manage household needs. I always had that support and I'm grateful for that, but I think we still have a shift that needs to take place. Even, even with where I work, because everything needs to be constantly growing. Yeah. You know, or at least meeting its obligations to its environment. And I would like to see more companies jump on that bandwagon with aligning that value with where the values are shifting in society. And it is really towards people want to spend more time with their children, their dogs, being in the house that they pay to live in more than an hour a night and to sleep. Yeah, we were not born to just pay bills and die. 
I don't think that, I, that we created all this. We this did was create not, it, and we have to do, but we have to do better. Mm -hmm. I think through that creation, which I'm going to get off a little topic here, but through that creation, I think we shifted our purpose here on life anyway. And another can of worms. There's all this talk about rights. We have human rights. We have this. We have that. We gave ourselves those rights. When we were born, we weren't given this piece of paper or, you know, like a little feed to your brain saying, these are your rights. We created those rights and we can shift them. Yeah. And if you really want to know my honest opinion, you don't have rights. You have obligations. You are obligated to yourself to take better care of yourself and you are obligated to enjoy life. And if you don't enjoy life, that is, that's on you. Yeah. And I know there's going to be a whole world of socioeconomic standings and factors and, you know, mental Absolutely. health factors. You know that what, go though? In. I don't make much money. I have never made much money. I'm pretty poor. Your priorities make your life the way they are. Priorities, yes. Because I go on vacation when I want to. And I go where I want to. Sometimes it takes a lot of work. Sometimes it takes a lot of savings. Sometimes I have to sacrifice other things. And you don't have to do that. You don't have to do what I do. Your priorities are different than mine. Exactly. But what I'm saying is your socioeconomic standing is A, your responsibility. And B, it is a hurdle, not a roadblock. Exactly. You can get over it. You can get around it. You can get under it. You can get through there somehow. Manifest your life. Absolutely. And I, you know, I will probably always not make a lot of money and that's okay. I make as much money as I need. So before we started this uh, episode, you had made a, you, you complimented my hair, which thank you, by the way, looks nice. more women should compliment <laughs> each other. Um, and you should learn to receive a compliment. Total different story. Rain me in if you have to. Uh, so I wrote down the word inner child when, because I flipped my hair and you said, <laughs> yeah. what did you say? I don't know. Something so, about being 11. Being 11 again. <laughs> so I had, had a thought the other night and I told you I couldn't remember what it was, but that's what it was. It was about being an inner child, you know, like acknowledging your inner child. So one, your inner child has traumas, has emotions that it didn't, you didn't even understand when you were that child and you definitely don't understand now that still impacts you, you know? So anyway, so the inner child thing is there's um, paganism when you in witchcraft, which I don't practice witchcraft, but paganism, there's this, um, I don't know how you would put what it is, but basically you say, get in touch with your inner child and that's where the magic begins. That's how you create magic is that child. Every little girl, I would almost venture to say, 99% of us wanted to be a witch at some point. We wanted to create magic. You're making potions with dirt. Right. <laughs> yeah. Going in and you got everything stirred up together yeah. and, you know, maybe you're hexing the girl that pulled your hair on the bus. Who knows? Yeah. But we all wanted to be a witch or uh, little boys wanted to be musicians. Musicians. Magicians. Magicians. <laughs> or so, musicians. No judgment. <laughs> well, neither one. And magicians make magic. Yeah. And musicians make magic. It's the same, you know. But anyway, you wanted you wanted to create this magic. 
But if you think about your inner child when you're talking about balance, who better than a child to teach you how to balance your life? And how to find joy. How to find joy. Immediately they say exactly what they need or they throw a fit because they need help identifying what they need. So as an adult, you can take from say what you need, say what you want, if you can't identify what you need or want, go to another person and say, hey, I need help. Help me identify what it is I'm looking for or what I need. And that's where I think therapy comes in handy. I get a lot. I still get, even though mental health is so accepted now, as far, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that don't and, you know, there's still a lot of kickback. But for the most part, we are trying to improve our mental health care system. I get a lot of kickback from people that don't want to do therapy. A therapist is there to help you understand yourself, not tell you what's wrong with you. And you don't even necessarily need a diagnosed mental condition to benefit from a therapist. No. This is therapy, what we're doing, in a way, but having a neutral party yes. to help you identify how to understand yourself better and how to process with yourself Especially better. Especially a licensed therapist thing. that knows right. how to get in there and get you to talk about what you already right. know. So if you, But if you take the spectrum of balance and joy from childhood, from a child. And we're, you know, there are some, we're talking general, general yeah. children. So if you, if you take that from your childhood, from whatever, just think about the happy times and what you enjoyed and you do that, like that hair flip I did yeah. and the goofy, like that's okay to be as an adult. Exactly. Find that balance, and then when it's not bouncing out, when you look at yourself as a child and you're like, I was always mad about that. Why? Reflect on it. Yeah. You know? So basically what I'm trying to say in my rant is to get in touch with your inner child. Because I think if you can get, even if that inner child was traumatized, because you know we're going to have a lot of comments about trauma and you don't want it. Even if your inner child was traumatized because... Trust me, Amanda and I have our fair share of childhood trauma. Everybody's childhood was some type of trauma. At some point, you, whether it was a bee stung you. Because you can't match trauma to trauma. You can't. It's individual. My trauma wasn't necessarily worse or harder than yours. Right. And it wasn't necessarily easier than yours. Everybody's got their trauma. But you have to deal with it. You have to. You can't just You have to deal with it. that inner child. And I think that if we'd all get in touch with that inner child, deal with our inner child's traumas, deal with our inner child's joys, the things, their dreams that they had that we stamped down as adults. We can go back yes. and heal childhood trauma. You can be a better adult by connecting with your childhood. And you can make it okay. Because if you're still here... You can make it okay. Or maybe you just need to acknowledge. You can't, you can't change that the trauma happened, but I just mean you can make the way you feel about it. Rewrite that wiring. Okay. Yeah. You can make Re yourself. Exactly. I also think that it's okay to acknowledge once you start that process. And I really, all of you listeners, I fully encourage you to get a therapist. We all should have one. We all should have a mentor. You need neutral parties in your life to help you grow and reflect. But where was I going? Oh, child. It's okay to accept that you're just angry about something. Yeah. It's okay to say that part of my childhood 
It was not acceptable. I will not say that it made me a better person. I will, or I will say it made me a better person. Who knows? It depends on your perspective. Yeah. But it's also okay to say it was bullshit. It should have never happened to me. It did happen to me. I'm going to stay angry at that person and I'm not forgiving them. And that is okay too. However, you can't carry that with you day in and day out. There's a difference between acknowledging that you are not going to forgive somebody and moving forward with your life versus holding on to that anger and carrying it with you every day. Does that make sense? It does, but I don't agree. You don't I, agree I, with my open perspective on it? I, I don't agree that you cannot forgive and move on. Oh, okay. Well, that's I, a fair. That's yeah. fair. No, it, it, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. But it, I personally believe you do not have to for you know they always say forgive and forget. Yeah. You don't have to do that, but you do have to move for your own peace. It, you're not forgiving them in a way that it's okay of what you did to me. You're saying I'm releasing you from my life. I'm forgiving my connection with you. I'm not angry about it. And you can't do that right away. You have to move through your anger. You have to live your anger. You have to do all that. But eventually, you have to cut those ties. And if you stay angry, I feel like that person gets to live in your head for free. I don't think, I don't, I think, I think where we're mixing it is that I don't believe that not forgiving somebody means that you stay angry at them. I think it just means okay. that I'm not t I'm not giving I'm releasing you from my life. You're still cutting that cord. Yes. That's the only way healthy to move forward is to cut that energy yes, cut cord. that out. The energy cord. Forgiving them cut. doesn't mean like, oh, we're bust buds now. No. Like no, when I say forgive, I mean the fact that I'm not mad. So this is a good point. Define what forgiveness means to you before you start it. Yes. Because it sounds like our forgiveness means yeah, different things. I think that we have different same and word, different meaning. It is a process, so if you choose to forgive, you have to remind yourself that you forgive. Because I've forgiven people, and every single day, if that emotion starts coming up, well, and there's a difference. I forgave them, I have to move on. No, and there is a difference, too, because I feel like there are people that I can forgive, like, you, you did this to me, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. There are two ways I can handle it. I can forgive you and move on with you in my life, and if I forgive you, that means I don't get to keep bringing this up. I forgave you for that. Right. Now, there's another type of forgiveness for me where I forgive you and I'm not mad about this anymore. But I also don't want anything to do with you. Right. You, Whatever it is has caused me to be, that, that relationship to be so broken that I don't feel like it can be repaired. So we're cutting our energetic and our physical connection yes. off. Yes. Like I, I forgive yeah. you. But I don't want anything to do with you. Yeah. So for you, the word forgiveness is an internal feature. Yes. For me, that is, and how I picture it in my mind, and that's probably, we're saying the exact same thing. Yeah. We're just saying it, or we're doing the exact same thing. Just we're just saying, saying it, it differently. Different for me, I, I picture, so your umbilicus has a huge network of blood vessels and nerves nerves because you're connected to another human being by that at some point so I picture 
energetic cords attached to everybody I come in contact with. And if I'm at a gas station and somebody bumps me and calls me a name and tells me I'm a horrible person, I don't even know this person, but now I have a cord from this person attached to me. Because when I leave, I'm going to think about that experience on and on and on. So the only way I can release that is cut that cord. And to me, that's that what you're saying forgiveness is. I'm cutting that cord. I'm releasing you from what you did or what you said to me and saying that that's no longer going to affect me. I'm not going to come after you about it. Yes. So I'm letting it go. Yes, and I'm not letting it affect me anymore because when I forgive you, I'm not doing that for you. I don't so, give two shits about you. If I'm forgiving you, it has nothing to do with you. It is truly for me because I'm not going to harbor those ill feelings in my body. They don't They don't I get to be here. So now we have two forms of forgiveness. We have internal forgiveness where I am releasing you or I'm releasing you from all of this. And I'm saying I forgive you because I need to move forward doesn't make it acceptable, doesn't make it yes. anything. And like you said, if then I don't cut have, that cord, it's pulling me back and I right. can't effectively move forward. So that's an internal self, for, um, personal forgiveness. Yes. Then you have the other forgiveness where you forgive people because they need it too. I uh, know, and, and that's a thing too, yes. Yes, this is beautiful. However, we are, we are way off topic, topic of work-life balance. But maybe forgiveness is a huge part of that work-life balance. I mean, it's all related. But it is. It's well, a that's stretch. Right. We're like seventh cousins over here. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm enjoying this Luckily, our description says that we do not stay on topic. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about what the hell, whatever yes, the hell we want. We do. That's awesome. How are we doing here? We need to wrap this up. We, we are at our time limit, I'm afraid. We'll, do we want to draw for our next um, podcast? Did you like that? Um, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm shaking it up and you get to draw. Okay. All right. One of Amanda's overextending, taking on too much. That kind of goes hand in hand with yep. today. So yeah, that's going to be a good extension to this topic is what does overextending look like? Was this directed at me too? No, that was actually at me. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you guys for joining us we look forward to having you again next time if you have any questions or comments or you'd like to hear us talk about a specific topic yeah you can send us an email which is uh brandy at life and all chapters.com or amanda at life and all chapters.com you can also leave a comment on our facebook page which is life and all chapters we have some other socials but they're not quite set up yet but we'll we'll link them We'll link them on the page, and we have a website that we will link them on. LifeInAllChapters.com. We're a whip, work in progress, yes. so not to be confused <laughs> with a WAP. All right, y'all have a good night. Thank you. <laughs>